Welcome everybody to Wonder Queer. We're very excited. This is episode three and uh, we're glad that you've joined us again. And we have a very special guest today who's going to be sharing a story of wonderment, awe, magic, what have you. And her name is Mandy. Mandy, welcome to Wonder Queer. We're so glad you're here. And we're excited to hear your story. Yeah, when I when I listened to your first episode, um, I, I was I was thinking about it, it immediately made me think of of this moment um, from from my life uh, back in uh, 2008. Um, and um, that's, you know, we, we remember things that that really um resonate with us emotionally over time. And so this is a very simple story. It's one that's um, really had a profound uh, impact on on me um, in all the days since then. So um, I woke up that morning um, in a state of panic because pretty much every Every day, um, I was waking up in a state of panic. It was um, late summer of 2008, um, and both of my parents were uh, were dying. Uh, my mom uh, had had a stroke when she was very young, and her health had never been good. And this particular uh, year, uh, she uh, was admitted to the hospital. Um, and my dad, who was a little bit older than her, had had Alzheimer's disease, and he was ten years into that. And when you remove uh, a, a caregiver um, uh, out of the life of somebody with Alzheimer's, they they really go downhill very quickly. And so, um, so uh, I was driving back and forth between Asheville and Greenville to pick up my dad and take him to the hospital to see my mom every morning, um, you know, because he would get so agitated. And it, I had, I was only 33 at the time and I had power of attorney for both of them. So every day it was, uh, it literally, it got to the point that um, every time my phone rang, I would have a feeling of panic. Um, my heart would race. Um, and sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and my heart would be racing so fast I would have to put on my shoes and go on a walk. Walking has always been very, very soothing uh, to me. And so this morning I, I woke up in the same sort of sense of panic that I that I normally had, but I, I remembered I'm not gonna I'm not going to have to go to the hospital today. I'm going to the woods because I needed, I needed that. I needed that so badly. So I had, I had planned to make sure that there were caregivers with my mom and dad. And I got my dog and we drove out to a trail that I know very well and love very much out in uh, Black Mountain. Um, and, uh, this is a, you know, it's a, it's a gorgeous, you know, mixed hardwood trail with thick rhododendron and, and, and mountain laurel underbrush. And it's got several, um, stream crossings and, um, and I know it so well, it's a sort of steep incline and, um, there weren't, it was a nice, it was like a late summer day. It was very warm, but there were not any other hikers out there cause it was a weekday and I, I was off from work. Um, to, so, um, so, uh, when I hike by myself, oftentimes I, I, 
I lose myself in the in the the motion of of, of walking. It's a, it's it's the closest thing I do to meditating <laughs> in my daily life. Honestly, uh, you know, I can just lose myself in into the the motion. But if I'm by myself, oftentimes I will I will also um, I will talk to myself. I will tell myself the story of my life, and I will talk to uh, I will I sometimes I will say things to myself that I did not know that I knew. Sometimes I will say things that I need to hear, but didn't know that I knew before, you know? So I, um, I, lo I love that experience of just being alone in, in the woods. I did have my dog. Um, so I had a 90 pound, uh, mutt, uh, with me, um, uh, on the leash. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking with him. Um, and, uh, I was thinking a lot that day. Um, you know, I, I was asking, I was, I was thinking a lot about, about prayer, honestly, because I, I wanted desperately to pray, uh, during that time. Um, even though I was an agnostic, you know, I had grown up, um, Methodist in the Methodist church and, about the time when I was, you know, a teenager and I realized I was queer, I started to, you know, not be able to reconcile, you know, that sort of simple Jesus loves me faith of my childhood with the really, you know, kind of hateful rhetoric that I heard from the evangelical street preachers, you know, um, that, that were everywhere in my hometown and things like that. So, um, so I, 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 I had sort of abandoned, um, you know, organized religion, but I still, you know, very much appreciate, you know, I think all of creation is just so amazing and beautiful and intricate and complex that there's just, there, there is something, I just think it's hubris to say, you know, exactly what that creator is or what that thing is. And so, but I, I was thinking a lot about, about just, um, you know, as, even though I was an agnostic and I didn't have a face, you know, really an idea of exactly what it was I was praying to, I still had that same need to, to ask for help or to ask ask why, why is this happening to me? You know, when it felt like every day, it felt like a new calamity, you know, um, a, a new hard, hard thing to deal with. Um, you know, and, uh, and so, um, I, uh, I thought a lot about prayer as a, as a sort of the, the way that when you're a small baby, you cry and you, you, those cries reach the ears of your parents and then uh, the parents come in and it's like something so much bigger than you are just reaches in and picks you up um, and, uh, and, and takes care of whatever that need is that you have. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and so in a way I, I, I was sort of asking for that same thing. I wanted, I very much wanted to, to, to cry and to have something bigger than myself sort of reach in and take care of me and, uh, and, and help me out with this situation. Cause I really didn't feel like I had others to rely on. Um, and so I was thinking about this and, and I was thinking, um, uh, you know, and, and I got up to the top of, um, of the, the, the trail, um, at, at this point. Um, and, uh, when I, I was just about to, um, to get to this beautiful lookout that, that looks over the valley and the, the whole pathway there was, was just 
covered with these bushes, these small bushes that line the trail. And several times on this hike, and this was like two hours up, I'd been thinking about all of these things and, and, um, and I got up to the top and the bushes were just full of ripe blueberries. And I had not even known that those were blueberry bushes before, but they were, there they were. And I was so overjoyed. I was just filled with delight and I, I cried. I actually, I, I cried. I was just so grateful. And, um, because, you know, the, 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 this surprise, this natural, you know, this, this just, this just delightful surprise, um, had, had happened. And, and so I just, I sort of filled my hands with the fruit and I sat down on these rocks um, and looked out, um, over this, you know, beautiful mountainous valley and sort of like the curvature of these, you know, gorgeous sleeping giants, you know, just, you know, the ability to walk on the spines of, of these, these massive, um, mountains and, and just, I just was filled with this realization that, uh, there's always something to pray to, you know, it's like this, this is the, it's, it's not, um, it's not a face. It's, it's, it's just, it's creation itself. It's the cycles of life, you know, these bushes, which every other point of the year, you know, or just greenery all of a sudden bore this delicious fruit that I could eat. And, you know, and, and, and it was late summer and I knew that, would be winter soon and that would drop its leaves and, um, and, 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 you know, everything would be barren. Um, but that then spring would come again and the cycle would start all over again. And, and I, I realized that, you know, that it was really just, just asking the universe, um, for, you know, for, uh, um, for why ask questions like why or things like that. It was helpful to say those things, but I didn't need to receive an answer in reply. Um, it was enough to have, to have said that and to realize that even though things were really, really hard in that moment, that it was a cycle and that, yes, it was sad that my parents were at the end of their lives, but that, um, you know, that, 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 you know, that all of us were, were part of, of a cycle, um, together and, um, and that, that there would be joy again, you know, um, that um, Khalil uh, Gibran um, poem of, uh, on joy and sorrow, um, you know, your, your, uh, your, your joy um, is your sorrow unmasked. Um, uh, it, it, I read that at, at my mom's funeral eventually. Um, it was, it was a little scrap of a poem that a friend of mine had sent me years before. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's stuck with me all these years. Um, and I, I think when I go to walk in those woods now, um, I, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I see all of it, the joy and the sorrow and the seasons of, of, of our lives, um, there. And, and so ever since then, I, I, I guess I, I don't know if it was just a simple moment of receiving blueberries in a time of incredible grief and seeing it for the gift that it was. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. 
So something just on a very practical level, uh, something that I can relate to is this, especially having grown up in the South, the messages from religious institutions and and people in those institutions and people that we know, friends and neighbors in the congregation. And it's, I think, a very American thing, which Elia and I have have spoken about a lot. But this is part of the reason that, that we have this podcast, because there's this kind of arrogance that exists often in those communities that it's almost like, well, we have cornered the market on God and there's just no room for queer people because queer people are sinners, even though I'm pretty sure the whole thing is about we're all sinners, you know. And, of course, I don't think of queerness as being a sin. But certainly growing up in the South, it takes a long time to to realize that or to reclaim one's own identity um, in the face of all that. So I know I know from experience how hard that can be. And I loved how you described, you know, growing up in this Methodist faith and then slowly finding it hard to reconcile Jesus loves me in the face of these things. And so I I see it like a, a decline, like a downhill kind of move um, until there's just nothing there and nothing really to believe in. And then in conjunction with this, the story that you so eloquently shared with us is that you're walking up, you're climbing up the to the top of this lookout on this, this trail full of nature. And so it's almost like that decline is mirrored in the climbing up and then reaching this moment of grace where you you find your own resonance in spiritual spirituality here in nature definitely i mean i you know i i think that um you know i grew up in uh, a town in the south that has a very famous evangelical bible college in it and so there were literally people that were standing on street corners handing out bible tracts and telling people they were going to hell for class credit um and and so you know so so I, you know, I, I knew what I was going to hell for <laughs> when I was 15 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, my, you know, now the Methodist faith that I was raised in wasn't that extreme about things, but I still felt enough. I heard enough echoes, um, of that. And I heard uh, enough of that sort of repressive, that dogmatic, like this is how life is and this is how we act. And this is what, you know, this is good and this is bad. And I was in that bad court category for just being myself. <laughs> so yeah, it was very much, you know, like a, a, a sort of, you know, you, you have a certain sense of, of ethics and morals and, and then, you know, when you realize like, Oh, like I don't fall into that, 
so it, it is it was almost like a, a sort of like descent away from you know the um the correct uh you know or, or holy or righteous uh you know image of what uh, that was projected to me when i was a kid and then you know through you know as you say sort of hiking and and, and that that climbing up out of that i had to discover my own way of of of, of having faith and and of of tapping into spirituality and um and 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 that that sort of stuff so yeah no you're right and interesting that there wasn't anybody else on the trail that day that you know you'd had the messages all like so many people and then this was just you rising Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it's, I think, you know, it's, it's got to be a, a process of self-discovery, you know, fi- finding out, you know, um, how you're going to really nurture that spiritual side of yourself. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, it is a, it is oftentimes, especially for queer people who, you know, don't feel like they can fall into any any of the or don't want to fall into any of the categories that that exist already. You've got to sort of make your own path and find your own way to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really liked when you said um, uh, the, you know, something that really struck me was when you said, I would talk to myself and I would find out uh, that I knew things I didn't know I knew. And maybe mm-hmm. you could just talk a little bit more about that, like what that felt like and how that might have related to your kind of spiritual renewal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I also have a, a private journaling practice where I will have this a, a similar experience, you know, um, where I, I will just give myself the, um, the gift of being able to just process just out loud without, um, you know, when there's no audience and there's no one around except for yourself, you can just, and you just allow yourself to cut off that, that self editor, that self critic that so often, um, you know, uh, tells us, no, you shouldn't say that. If you, if you practice very hard and you, you allow yourself to just voice whatever comes into your head and you intentionally practice that over time, you will say things that will surprise yourself. Um, you know, like I, I'm, uh, maybe I will real, maybe I will write or say something that will be, um, a, a point of empathy with, with somebody that maybe I'd been really upset at and felt like I had been victimized by when really th- I, I realized through talking it out loud that, or telling the story out loud that maybe they, that was more complex than the story I was telling myself. You know, I, I believe very strongly that, that every reality is, is, is a story that we tell ourselves over and over and over again. And, um, and so the, the process of, of hiking and telling stories out town, out, out loud to oneself is a, is a gift that you can use to really, um, discover parts of your own story that you don't consciously uh, that you're not consciously aware of, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that, and, and, you know, what struck me really, um, also was that when you got to the end of the story and it happened to be blueberries that you found. And, uh, I just was sort of gobsmacked that it was something that was something you could take into your body and you could, 
like that they would offer you nutrients and nurturing right there and that I thought of the um, anti-toxin elements of blueberries and how they so literally and and so metaphorically uh, were medicine for the healing and the processing of your very, I imagine, intense grief of that time, you know, mm-hmm. and that beautiful image of you just sitting there in that majesty and taking them in. It's really powerful, powerful. It really, that, that, that it was a nourishing, delicious food, the antioxidant sort of like anti, anti-toxin, uh, you know, food element hadn't occurred to me before, but, but it did, it was just such a delight, you know, to, to, to just discover it was, it was really, it was like, a, it was, it was just discovering, um, this little gift, you know, that, um, that, um, uh, that I, I, it was, it was almost like just childlike glee. It was like the, the universe was like, here, have some candy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have, have some, something sweet, you know, to go along with your sort of like, you, the, you know, your sorrow and the saltiness of that. And, um, and so it was, it was, uh, it, it really, it was, it was with sort of childlike delight that I, you know, sort of laughed and cried and. Yeah. And what what of what of that poem that you that you also attach to it? Well, part of what the poem goes into is that you know the greater your sorrow, the greater your joy can be, and and um, and I think that that's true. You know, like I I am I do think that because of some of the sadder experiences that I've had in my life. Um, that I, I do, I do have a, a, um, a great capacity for sorrow and for, um, for, for feeling empathetically the, the pain of other people. I think in many people develop that sort of empathetic sense when they go through uh, a, a tragedy or a series of, of difficult circumstances. But I also have seen my capacity for laughter and for love and for, you know, seeking out joy to grow so much bigger, um, it, you know, in, 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 um, in, 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 you know, together with that. And, um, so that, I think that poem just encapsulates, um, for me and the experience of being in the woods and seeing that sort of those cycles of life and death that are always happening. And you'll be through going through the woods and you'll see beautiful flowers blooming and then you'll smell the scent of, you know, something decaying, you know, in the woods. Um, it's just, you, you can't, you can't get away from the fact that you're part of this natural cycle. Yeah. Wonderful. And I want to just pull in one more detail here, and that is there's got to be a queer reading about the symbolism that a blueberry grows on a bush. <laughs> Anything about that? It's I mean, all I hate true. to point out the obvious here, but. Yeah, magical bushes. I'm here for it. I'm here for Me that. Me too. I'm here for it too. <laughs> bushes that that are nourishing <laughs> I'm I don't know something there's something here there's something here mm-hmm. there's yeah, a well, lot going on there Marshall yeah. a lot <laughs> and if anybody's gonna figure it out it'll be you wonderful yeah. <laughs>
Well, thank you so much, Mandy. It's been a real pleasure to have you here and to to listen to your story and to just to dig into it a bit. It's really, I feel very touched by it and very moved by it. Thank well, you. thank you so much for inviting me. I mean, and, and thank you for starting these kinds of conversations. You know, I, I think that it's important for us to share um, about these sort of transformative moments in our lives, you know, um, and, and encourage, show people the practices that we've developed around tapping into wonder and awe, because um, that's something that we should never lose our capacity for in life. You can like and subscribe to our podcast wherever podcasts are heard. Keep swimming in the wonder. Keep cheering the queer. Woohoo! Bye. Bye.